The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, see that it is I, myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. On Easter morning, two weeks ago, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices and went to Jesus' tomb to anoint his body only to discover that he was not there that he had risen. Now upon hearing this news, they fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Later that evening, our reading from last Sunday, Jesus came and stood among the disciples. Unfortunately, Thomas, one of the twelve, was not there with them when Jesus came. So the disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Today, we hear another story of Jesus appearing before his disciples. He greets them with a message of peace. And in that moment, the disciples were startled and terrified because they thought they were seeing a ghost. In response to their horrified reaction, Jesus said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Do you see a common thread woven throughout each of these stories? Immediately after the single greatest miraculous event in history, Jesus' resurrection from the dead, there was more doubt and fear rather than joy and celebration. Now keep in mind, Jesus had already told them everything that was going to happen, and yet he was still met with all of these challenges. He was met with doubt, fear, and disbelief. How often did he have to prove himself? How often did he have to show his hands and feet? 
Most of us, out of sheer frustration, would have thrown in the towel and simply walked away. And yet Jesus did not. Perhaps that is what makes this story so important. In the midst of their anxiety, their fear, their isolation and doubt, Jesus does not dismiss, ignore, or minimize their feelings. He doesn't become agitated or angry, and he doesn't tell them how or what to feel. In that moment of disbelief and confusion, he does not abandon his disciples. Instead, He asks them if they have anything to eat. Gathering around a table and sharing a meal is a familiar place for Jesus to be. During his earthly ministry, he was famous for miraculously feeding 5,000 people. He had developed a reputation for eating with tax collectors, sinners, and society's most despised. He shared a meal in the home of a Pharisee. And in my opinion, he cooked the greatest shore lunch ever when he prepared a fish breakfast for his disciples. He told his followers, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And on the night of his betrayal, He gathered around the table and shared in a holy meal of bread and wine. I do not believe Jesus' request for something to eat in today's story or all of his other interactions around the table was an accident. Because the table, the meal, was a sacred space. 2,000 years later, I believe when we find ourselves around a table, we too are occupying sacred space. Our kitchen table at home once belonged to my wife's grandparents. It's nothing fancy. But like her grandparents, we too have shared countless meals, conversations, and stories with family and friends around that table. It bears the marks of generations past and generations present. It displays character from art and woodworking projects, nightly schoolwork, and elaborate baking and cooking adventures. There is something sacred about all of our tables. It is there that we talk about the day to come, and we share about the day that is past. It is a place that welcomes uncontrollable laughter and supports ever-flowing tears. It is a place to pray, to breathe, to pause, to be still. It is a place where difficult and yet important conversations unfold. It is a place where our brokenness and humanity find belonging, encouragement, and connection. It is a place where we forgive and are forgiven. 
It is a place where healing and reconciliation can begin and steps towards wholeness can be made. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus appeared before his followers, they were filled with anxiety, fear, isolation, and doubt. And I would bet that many of you here today are experiencing these same feelings as we continue to navigate COVID-19, the political climate, social and racial tension and unrest, attitudes towards substance abuse, the trial in Minneapolis, the unimaginable tragedies just this past week in Brooklyn Center and Indianapolis, and the news out of Chicago. 2,000 years ago, Jesus showed up into a hurting and broken world, and 2,000 years later, he still does today. We worship a God that is always present in the brokenness, pain, and suffering of this world as tragic and horrific and as nonsensical as it can be. We worship a God who is bigger than all of our anxiety, fears, loneliness, anger, and uncertainty. As people of faith, we cling to that Easter promise every single day. That God will indeed lead all God's people from despair to hope, from darkness to light, from death to life. In her book, Bread and Wine, Shauna Nequist writes, We don't come to the table to fight or to defend. We don't come to prove or to conquer, to draw lines in the sand or to stir up trouble. We come to the table because our hunger brings us there. We come with a need, with fragility, with an admission of our humanity. The table is the great equalizer the level playing field many of us have been looking everywhere for. The table is a place of safety and rest and humanity where we are allowed to be as fragile as we feel. We must remember that Jesus gathered around the table with all sorts of people, including those who were most fragile, broken, and hurting, He ate with those who were seen and treated as less than. He shared a meal with those who were reviled and those who lived on the very fringes of society. And in doing so, he revealed to the entire world that in God's kingdom, all are welcome at the table. No exceptions. I can't help but wonder what it would like, look like if all of us, young and older, saw each other's God-given humanity. If we genuinely and authentically listened to one another around the table, to each other's differences, similarities, brokenness, hopes, fears, dreams, struggles, and joys, to understand, not to judge, to heal, not to harm, to love, not to hate. 
This past year has been difficult to say the least. And perhaps now, more than ever, as followers of Christ, we must seek to live a life that reflects God's love, God's grace, God's mercy, and God's compassion into the world. We must live a life that sees one another as beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, created in God's image, all of us, because that is what we are. We must live a life that believes that every person's life is sacred and has value, meaning, purpose, and worth. I hope and pray that our words, our actions, our conversations, our disagreements, our social media posts reflect not only who we are, but more importantly, whose we are. 2,000 years ago, Jesus showed up into a broken and hurting world. 2,000 years later, he still does today. In those moments of anxiety, fear, isolation, chaos, sadness, and uncertainty, in those moments of division and brokenness, remember that you, remember that we are not alone. For we all come to the Lord's table, just as we are, into a place of safety and rest. When we hear the Lord say to you and me, come, I have a place for you right here. May we always make room at the table for all of God's people. Because God lovingly and graciously has done the same for you and me. Let it be so. Amen.